0: What's up, what's up, what's up? You are now listening to Loose Accents, Accents,
1: an immigrant podcast for the press and unbothered.
0: Loose Accents covers the issues, stories, and topics that make your local Trump supporter and your nosy-ass cousin pressed about your life.
1: We are just two immigrants celebrating the looseness of our tongues. Ernesto is from LA. Mm -hmm. I am from Bronx, New York, and we out here just trying to be free meando and building ourselves in the process. But
0: before we jump in we want to shout out the homie Elmer Roldán, who just recently graduated and celebrated his 40th birthday. We are currently at his house at his studio so felicidades homie. He's been a padrino of loose accents from the get. He's a great friend and homie Congratulations.
1: Congrats, Elmer. I am Dangeli.
0: And I am on DocuBay, and your favorites are
1: back. Your godparents were out here gone on mm-hmm. vacation.
0: We've been keynoting commencements, event planning,
1: going to galas or galas, if you want to be you know good about
0: it. One of those.
1: Uh, launching projects, and you know what? Booked and busy. Like, y'all can even be mad at us. We've been out here working,
0: and also twerking on the side. But listen, enough of that. Today I am so excited because we have an exclusive interview with the incredibly talented, gifted, a poet, an MC, an organizer, a professor, and now we can add playwright to that. Fumi Lola, Mila also known as Lola. Yo, welcome to the show. What's
1: going on, y'all? What's good? What's excited good? Excited to have you. I'm excited
2: to be here. That was a lovely intro. Made me feel important, like I'm doing something good with my life.
0: You are. And, and yo, listen, like, uh, this is like a full, full, full circle moment for me. Right. Right? Isn't it right? It is right. Like, I met Lola while I was at UCLA, <laughs> I don't know how many years ago.
2: Few years ago.
0: Right. Well, we ain't going to say that. <laughs>
2: no. One, two, three. Anyway, right, anyway right. we're in counting.
0: We ain't counting, child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met Lola, and Lola was actually my TA. Yes. She was my TA for a couple of classes in Afro-AM um, yes. classes. And from the get, I just knew that she, like, I just needed to be in her life or she needed to be in my life, something. Like, it just needed to
2: happen. It just was a reciprocal feeling. Like, I remember, I think it was at the end of the semester that I told you, I was just like... You're just sharp, like you're just sharp, and you're fly, like. And I knew you were gonna be dope and do dope things, and so I was grateful that you were in the classes that I was TAing because you helped me teach the daggone thing. I could just put my (laughs) feet up because you were the one facilitating the daggone discussion. So, what did that end up being? You being a dope, creative, and Uh, thinker, and creating amazing productions such as Loose Accents along with Dangeli. So. All I can say is it is a hundred percent a full circle moment and I'm excited to be in this space with y'all. We about to get into it.
0: You're so cute with it. Okay. No, listen, like literally it was like this. Like we were in class and I just would yes. stay after class to yes. be like, yo, Lola, like I, I just I want to talk to you about this. And then I would leave the class and then Lola was out here in front of the steps of the library, power Library with a bullhorn
3: oh. doing
0: a whole ass organizing, right? Like straight up Black Lives Matter on campus organizing like it was just it's a damn troublemaker uh, for sure. The best one. I don't know too.
2: why I've been a troublemaker my whole life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's a whole uh, big old circle for us. So we're really, really excited to have you and you know be able to chat it up again.
1: I'm excited to be here. We're going to get into it. Uh-huh. Like. So actually just met Lola like yes. we ran into each other and simply wholesome. Right. Yeah. Well, Ernesto, you, you all ran into each other. I did. Um and we I'm just kind of like there and Ernesto's like, "Oh my god, Danjali. Mm-hmm. This home girl. We need to link up with her. Like you need to know who she is." And I'm like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, like she's just like doing amazing things. She just like started like um putting like her her play out there. Yeah. Um and it was like a while ago. It was like a, f- a few months ago." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. But I still have not met like Lola in depth. So, for those of us, yes. right? who are just brand new to your work brand new to you yeah who are you, you
2: who know, you be who,
1: who I, you
0: be
2: who i be i be a primarily an observer of the human the human condition
3: mm.
2: i and you know i feel like a lot of the times. I could easily answer that question as like, I'm a Nigerian American scholar. This is what I research. Mm. I am a creative. I'm a poet. This is what I write about. Um, You you know, I'm a playwright and I've done this particular type of work in theater. But above all of those very kind of real identities is that I observe the way that, human beings engage this world in the way that institutions inform the way that we engage each other. And so I am a sociologist. I also identify as a sociologist because that is really essentially what that discipline is about, is like observing the way that humans engage structure and institutions and so much of you know what we talk about when it comes to identity and race and gender and class and and and, and immigration status if you will and all of the complexities around that and nationality and mm-hmm. all of these things like what is real, what is not? What is a construct and what what's the difference between opinion versus belief versus knowledge? Like all of the, those are the questions mm. that I like to ask and I'm grateful that my work has taken me into a world where I can begin to really explore my curiosity and not be stuck in the, con- the, the ideological and intellectual constraints that so many people take with us to the grave, you know, those mm. constraints and never actually ask the questions that are uncomfortable.
0: So for those, uh, for those people who are just tuning in or those that uh, you know, are in row R all the way in the back or for those late-ass students who showed up opening the doors and just showed up. Just showed up. Just showed up. How can you say all of that Yes. in just a way that a seventh-grade student would say it? Yes. Who you be?
2: Who I be? I am a thinker, a writer, mm. um, particularly in this moment, a playwright, mm. which developed from being a poet, um, a sociologist, uh, somebody who cares about human beings and wants to advocate for a greater, mo- a greater, ju- more a more just and a more healthy system in society.
0: And where did that come from?
2: When I was, when I was young, I started. To, when I well, when I was young, I'm still a young child. When I was <laughs> in elementary school, I noticed like the meanness that um, people exhibit as an outgrowth of ignorance. Um, and so, when I was in like elementary school, I went to a predominantly white elementary school. And when I was in fourth grade, one of the little girls, one of the little white girls, like said that um, my nose was too big. Mm. And she, you know, really, I could, and, and my little fourth grade brain knew that she was actually kind of just, she was doing that and looking for something wrong or with me or different about me because she felt uncomfortable in her own skin um, because she was perceived of as what would be um, husky. Right. Uh, For a little girl. And so she was looking externally for something to take that attention away from that. By the time I was in fifth grade, I had one of the little white girls tell me that in order to be part of their group. And there was only four of us in the grade. So it was me and three slim, you know, white girls um, tell me that, you know, in order for me to be a part of their group, I needed to um, lose a little bit of weight. But what she was really identifying was that I was different once again. Right. Mm-hmm. And all and these types of things kind of kept happening up into high school, up into college, where I realized that like, people are trained to behave a particular way when they're uncomfortable with the difference that they exhibit in others that they don't know how to name. Right. So right, right, by right. the time I got into college, I started to get really curious about how we define, put some you know, understanding to why is it that people do this? And then I started to have the vocabulary and the kind of critical understanding to be able to explain these things. And so that's why I care is because I've seen it play out. I can see the harm it can do, and I can see the beautiful things and the joy and the you know kind of freedom that can come when we really
1: understand why humans behave the way that they do. So, what are some of the themes of your work? What exactly do you focus on? What do you look at? What do you what um, what narratives are you looking at? Um, what kind of people are you observing? Well, I think on a surface level, if we're talking about Um,
2: specifically my current project my stage play the intersection woke black folk that engages um, the complexities of black political identity one could look at it and say well you know this play is about the black experience Mm -hmm. in america and the way in which blackness is not homogenous The way that we've been tried, that we've been, you know, kind of conditioned to believe that blackness is one stagnant thing and not a complex and fluid identity. And um, so, yeah, it does engage that. But even more broadly, Mm. it is only through a conversation of black political identity that I have a broader conversation about the way the ways that human beings engage difference in general. You Mm -hmm. know, what do we do when we are challenged or, or faced with something that we don't understand. Do we create a story about it? Do we affirm, you know, that we know something that we don't know? Do we get afraid because we're ignorant? And so it it goes into all of those conversations. Okay.
0: So I, I, you know, and, and I say it's a, a full circle moment because when we, when I was in school and uh, I think it was like almost my last class and I was literally on my way out of campus and and I ran into you at one of, like, these coffee machines. And and I was like, yo, Lola, like, wh- like, what's up? What have you been up to? And you told me about this play.
2: Oh, yes. It was, it was at the it, end of my time at UCLA. Yeah, and it was at the
0: very time. end.
2: Yeah, and I was figuring it out.
0: And you were finishing with your master's at that point. Yes. And I had asked you, like, so what was next? And you you took pause and you said, well, I'm going to be putting together this play. and And I'm still developing it. And I'm still, like, working oh out the gosh. characters. And now... Fast forward a couple years later, yeah. the intersection woke black folks is is out. Yes, right? it exists. It, it exists. exists.
2: It started at UCLA. And, and, you know, I told you about it when it was a little infant. It was. Um, It was just this little small seed of an idea that I watered for a while and whatever time I could find when I wasn't working or whatever have you to cultivate it. And, you know, fast forward several years later, um, it's the stage play premiered um, last year as the featured theatrical production at the Pan African Film Festival. Um, it mm-hmm. has staged in Europe and will stage again next year overseas. Um, it's 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 elevating and it's evolving and it's expanding. And the reason that it's able to do that, um, because you asked, what communities does mm-hmm. it engage? It engages blackness really kind of in the western world Mm -hmm. but there are dimensions that could easily be translatable in terms of like a, a kind of more broad diaspora conversation but um the reason that it translates to communities that are not racialized as black is because they still note that the whole point is that each of these characters disagree and because of that they struggle to be in discussion and conversation with each other,
0: right, 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 and 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 I think the the whole point, and, and we're gonna get super deep yeah. into it, okay. Um, but stories, yes, there's so <laughs> many stories. Uh, but I think the whole point, um, if uh, of 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 your play, from what I can tell, is that it's it's a couple of characters, it's four different characters, is that yes. right? Yes, coming together, and they really just tell. A story about their lives, their belief system, their politics. Yes. um, And how they can literally be uh, in in complexities, in conflict even with one another. Deeply. Deeply in conflict. And even to the point where like they default the others and say, nah, what you believe is not true.
1: Something that I I saw online that you had said before, actually, was that each character believes that they're right, right. Period. Right? So they don't see how other people could be right yes right so they consider themselves like the woke of them all that's right right but it's so it's experience it's it's basically exploring how we as black people right um are able to want the same thing right liberation Mm -hmm. or whatever that means right freedom um and still struggle with our black identity through um our means of liberation work right yes um and always believing that we're kind of right, and something that I, I've explored this a lot, especially because Afro Latinidad now it's it's a, it's a brand new. Actually, it's not brand new. I yeah. think it just it just hit more mainstream just, media, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we see it on TV, and suddenly people are tapping into it, right? But something that I've that I keep trying to explain to other folks, folks that are mostly like Anglo blacks, right? Anglo black folks are that racial dynamics really like they're different based on on space and where you are right right. so many times many times what i'm trying to um explain to other people is that in dominican republic Mm -hmm. um which has a very very complex relationship to blackness i'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you're um familiar to some extent yeah Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um you know after migration a lot of dominican folks find out that they're black that's right. Right. So they, even though they've been black their whole lives, mm-hmm. it, it isn't uh, until migration, until they're in another space, and they see other folk calling of black that they can finally recognize. Like, oh, this is what this is called. Mm-hmm. Right. And that happens to me. Mm-hmm. So when watching um, some excerpts of your of your of your show of your play, I saw myself in those characters.
3: Mm-hmm. But not only
1: that, I saw my, I saw myself evolving through them mm-hmm. and how how i I was basically a little bit of each at some time in my life i was a little bit i had you know i had said one line that's right or um even acted the way that they did right um and realizing that like this black experience is so complex but it's also so similar like we all tap into a little bit um what the other is saying even when we think that we're right that's
2: right. I mean, I'm Nigerian. Um, my I wasn't raised in Nigeria. I wasn't born in Nigeria. I was born here in California, in Northern California, raised... Um, and i like where I was raised in Stockton. <laughs> um, I was born in D.C. raised in Stockton is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, you know, I was raised in a very Nigerian household with Nigerian parents. And so but I know those characters in Nigerian form,
3: mm. you know, like my, mm. the homies,
2: yes. like they it's translatable um, because those concepts exist over space and time, right. mm-hmm. you know. I think that conversations that are more kind of nuanced that we're just getting the language around, like with gender and whatnot, that can be a little bit trickier in terms of like how much it existed over time, because mm-hmm. some of the conversations are more new. But we, those, those, those identities are familiar across
1: space. Yes.
0: So there's um, there's a really beautiful line uh, that you repeat over and over in in your work. Yeah. A uh, couple of lines and. Uh, they are so really what you're trying to say yeah he's woke and he's willing and wants freedom for black people today so who's really woke yeah lola who's really woke
2: you know we the only way that we can come to an answer about that is if we define what woke means and and you know i think that i had identified it as aware and willing, I can't remember exactly what I said, but kind of like willing to have conversations and engage um, kind of the complexities of social systems and Mm -hmm. how they inform the lived experience Mm -hmm. of those who are vulnerable under particular systems of oppression, et cetera. And so the thing is, everybody that has a strong political opinion Feels like they are woke. Yep. They feel like they are right. Um. And, and actually that might be a bit of a reductionist statement to say that everybody does. But like, I want to say the majority of like highly opinionated people that I come across feel very strongly that like they're right. And that the people that oppose their belief systems are wrong. And the reality there is right and wrong that very much exists. But I think that sometimes we lose the complexities and nuances in what is right and versus wrong, what is right and what's Mm -hmm. wrong. For instance, you know, when we, we're in a moment now where we're having greater conversations about gender, about sexuality, and I realize that, like, I am aware of a lot of the things about gender because I've been able to sit down and think Mm -hmm. through it and study, whereas some people, have not had access to the resources that I have had to be able to think through some of the things that I've been able to think through. That's like, for instance, my parents don't understand a lot of the things that I understand because mm-hmm. they struggled to get me here because they struggled, came from Nigeria, to be able to get me here and to be able to work hard so that I can get into spaces to be able to learn these ideas. So what I look like looking at my mom and scoffing at her and being like, oh, you ain't woke, what? <laughs> you, you, sorry, you didn't. You, you, right. Right. You, what like Some, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: something that I always feel myself reminding people is that a lot of folks are good people, mm-hmm. um, that never had resources. Yes, to yeah. like learn the things that we do, but also folks are out here surviving. Like there's no when you're worrying about going out to work and putting food on the table and like raising your your four kids right or or even one right in my mom's mm-hmm. case you don't have the time to be sitting down to you know unfold right. and like you know dissect and disconstruct you know and like mm-hmm. decolonize which is like one of the words that we keep using nowadays mm-hmm. right um and I think I, I feel guilty sometimes right when mm. I come home and my problematic family members and like they're just you know saying like the most horrendous things and yeah. i have to sit down to them and like really coming from this place of love yeah. as opposed to kind of like you're being kind condesc- exactly right <laughs> right <laughs> and most of the time you know they understand right especially with my family mm-hmm. but something that i i that i thought about when you were saying that was recently i went to jamaica yeah and it's it was interesting because I saw so much black pride in Jamaica Mm -hmm. and it's completely different from the Dominican Republic where like, we kind of shy away from um, blackness and what it means to be black. Right. Um, But in Jamaica, it's like, that's, that's what you're proud of. You're proud of your skin. That's right. So um, my partner lives in the countryside and we, we stopped over there to like see his grandparents and, I get out, he gets out of the car first, he goes, he hugs his grandma, he's kind of, like, over there, and then I get out of the car after him. And his grandma looks at me,
3: mm.
1: looks at him, and says, who's this white woman in Potwa? So <laughs> I, for, I didn't understand <laughs> it. That's hilarious.
2: Yeah, so, he, he
1: and he she goes, like, who's this white woman? Is that your white woman?
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't hear, <laughs> I didn't hear her. I, I really didn't understand her, because she said it in Potwa. Yeah. And he I just see him laughing and saying, like, Grandma, she's not. She's not white. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you're.
1: She's. She's kind of hilarious. looking at him like, "What? What do you mean she's not white? I see her." Uh, <laughs> and she. And That's he's hilarious. like, "No, Grandma. Like, she. She's Latina. Like, she. She's not. She's, yeah. She's not white. White. <laughs> right. It, right. It's hilarious
2: because in her mind, like, I'm thinking, you know, through her lens, it's like, it's just." i don't know the term that she used for you but we have a term for that too it, she said Uba. whitey
1: whitey whitey she called me whitey and he said it's basically like kind of like condescending like way of like 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 addressing white people like look at that white girl yeah like, and the
2: thing is like you're obviously not white but like you're you're obviously not white but like mm-hmm. you know you're in I'm, I'm imagining in comparison to
1: what she's used to seeing exactly you're light. right yeah so that's so another. like oh you're white exactly right so at that time i had hmm. not been out in the town right yeah um so we were just kind of like in the mountain overlooking the mountains and mm-hmm. this is like beautiful powerful black woman like black grandma mm-hmm. with her even darker husband yeah um and, and my partner like his family is, is darker skin right mm-hmm. so you know we after that you know we spent some time with his grandparents and then we head over to the town to like change money or whatever and people are staring at me Hilarious. like in the street like we get off the car and we're walking to like the cambio the exchange like agency whatever um and people are stopping to stare yeah and i automatically like mm. obviously it just it was obvious that everyone else was like darker than me that was like just dark skinned people everywhere like just dark black folks yeah i felt like it, it, you know when something changes you that you know you're gonna go home to like think about it yes. like to sit down with yeah. yourself and That's think what about what because here I am in the US like no I'm a black woman you know right you know I'm you know I'm black pride yeah, and black Dominican black 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 and then this right. everyone is just kind of like looking at me like who what what, where did you come from who brought this European in here right, right? where did this European come from this
0: colonizer up in here
1: <laughs> and you know I love children because children don't give a fuck the- <laughs> like yeah. children are just they if they need to stare at you for 10 minutes straight they will and with this little girl <laughs> just staring at me right and and then i'm telling him like i i joke around with him i'm like listen this is the last time you bring me to your grandmother's house without me having like get a tan be first because oh i'm goodness. I'm too late right now for your grandma and he <laughs>, laughs and then i'm like and then you know later on i'm I'm here singing like um india is it india mary uh, I forgot her name. The artist, uh, Indyari. the re yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the the song, uh, Brown Skin. Brown Skin. <laughs> Girl. And I'm like, you know, chilling. You know, like, listen. He's like, Dangeli, stop singing that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, stop. That's not a, That's not a nice song in Jamaica. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the dynamics are different. You saying like you being proud of your brown skin is kind of like it holds a lot of weight because folks are darker than you yeah so so it's that's like, not like a that he's and he explained to me literally he's like that's just like a white person coming into a room full of black folk and saying yeah, i love my, my white, white skin. skin yeah i said that listen That's interesting listen uh, that's
2: yeah. interesting
1: i came back to the u.s just wow. like with so many things to like think about about what it means to be black what, what it, it mean, means, yeah. Yes. What it means to look black or not look black or be mm-hmm. light skinned or you know be da- like it's just I think Jamaica really taught me. I had never in in the Western Hemisphere like I've never been in a place where black people were in control of control of government, advertisement, mm. businesses. I've yeah. never seen that before, so it was kind of like it. I learned so much about. I learned that that was possible. And I've never seen that. And it's, yes. You know, because obviously I know that it's possible, right? But I had never been in a place where it actually was. And there's something really powerful about you
2: experiencing that. Like going somewhere where black people, where dark-skinned black people. Exactly. um, That, you know, run the system. Mm -hmm. You know, and I imagine there's some kind of underhanded influences. Of course. But, but. Yet still, that are 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 living in the space that are um, that are running the system, and that was kind of a jarring experience that I had when I was mm-hmm. in Nigeria. So I mean, when I was in Jamaica some some springs ago, a few years ago, I I blended in,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and
2: so the only way that people could tell that I wasn't Jamaican was if I opened my mouth and started mm-hmm. talking, which I just stopped, like tried to not do so that I could blend in because anywhere I go <laughs> right, where accent. there are black people, I'm just like, I'm just not going to say
3: anything. Right, right. So
2: that they won't know Because I so that I can just kind of peep yeah. the scene. Um, but, you know, and the same thing about Nigeria, of course, and this is the interesting thing because this podcast engages like the complexities of identity by the, you said, that it wasn't until you got to, you know, the U.S. that mm-hmm. you realized that you're black, mm. you know, because yes, when you're exactly. around people that look just like you, even though in the world mm-hmm. you would be racialized as black, blackness doesn't mean anything unless it's contrasted with something that's not it. Oh, girl, right. yes. Because, and that's how you yeah. know it's a construct,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
2: like, it, It doesn't mean anything until you go and stand next to somebody who has been racialized differently. Mm -hmm. So in Nigeria, I'm not really um, a black person. Yes, in a world context, these are people that are black over there in Africa. But I would be considered a Yoruba woman, you know, Mm because then your ethnicity is what matters, you know, and not really like, what does black really mean? Yes, yes, they would identify as black because we understand that that's how the world does Mm -hmm. race. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is so interesting. Um, it it I, I think that this whole idea and and Dangela, you mentioned this right, the idea of of geography of place mm-hmm. and then the space that that color uh, comes into play it, it is so so powerful. Um, I, I'm not black. Let's <laughs> right. So <laughs> both of y'all are right. I'm not black. But one of the things that you said, Lola, that was really interesting was that it wasn't until I got to the U.S. and Dangela, mm-hmm. you said this too. But I didn't know mm-hmm. um, what it meant to be a brown person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that brown. I'm mm-hmm. like my actual light skin color. Um, when I grew up in, in Mexico, like it wasn't until I came into the U.S. in 1996 that I was like, oh, like there's, this is a thing. Th- this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that are different, that mm. there's other people that have different like skin complexions um as me and and really quickly uh the the sort of the the re-education uh of your mind began to happen like right away right which was like you started to see a whole uh Slew of of different skin colors and, and and people speaking different languages and I was like wow I, this is gonna take me some time <laughs> to mm-hmm. try to understand.
1: But you know what's interesting is that I when I began to learn blackness and mm-hmm. I think I feel like that's uh, uh that's very important for me to say like I learned what blackness was mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of um black Americans they kind of enter um they navigate the U.S. knowing that they're black. That's you know that's kind of like part of of, of their history right like yes. black americans african americans for me it was i in, in the dominican public racial dynamics are so different that mm-hmm. we don't use the word black unless we mm-hmm. we're we're correlating it to what it means to be haitian or yes. and it's always about being poor about being dirty about um being less mm-hmm. than right yeah. calling someone black in dominican public is offensive is so, and insult. it wasn't until mm-hmm. college literally i was freshman year of college when i learned what race was and ethnicity mm-hmm. that i started realizing like oh crap i fit mm-hmm. this box it's not just black americans i fit under this like you know box of like blackness right yeah and that's when my my you know my re-education right started happening but what's interesting is that when i was watching um woke black folk the, mm-hmm. the experts that are online I saw as, as I went through each character, as you um, performed each character or developed each character, mm-hmm. I saw the different parts of me yes. as I learned blackness. That's
0: right. So you let's take I mean, it like, there. I, yeah, I yeah. think that's really important. Go so ahead, so finish. Like, I, I would
2: see like the first character. I'm like, I remember when I used to think that I way. I remember when I used to think that way because the thought process, the intellect, the understanding of all this. You know, yep. these societal I you know, kind of ideas and 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 just all of these things. It is it is fluid and it evolves over mm-hmm. time. And I am able to like I, the reason that I was able to write those characters is because I know those people. Mm. People always ask me, like, which one are you? I'm like, it don't even matter which one I am. I know these people. I know that they exist. I am in the room with them. I hear them say these things. There's what just to, like, rewind back to when we were talking about um, woke black folk earlier in this conversation where I was talking about the fact that, like, you know, we struggle with dealing with people that are different with us and everybody thinks that they're right each character knows for a fact that they're right i will say this that even though i'm aware that people have you know they Mm -hmm. struggle with kind of engaging people that have way different political beliefs than them it's hugely important that we understand the balance of like we are not always right but also like holding people accountable when they're firmly wrong
3: and not always
2: doing this thing where it's like, well, they didn't have the resources to know. We are in this moment where resources of knowledge are so readily available, so readily available, so, so much Mm -hmm. of ignorance and not knowing um, these days is essentially um, a lot of times it's you don't want to know. You don't wanna know.
0: You're not trying to know. You're not
2: trying to know. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to remain ignorant or you want to remain stagnant and believe what you want to believe, whether that be, well, you know, uh, uh, the man is the head of the household and the woman is supposed to bring the food and Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. If it's patriarchy, if it's queer antagonism, you know, well, that's not how it's supposed to be because that's not what it says in the scripture. We can break down the scripture, you know what I mean? Mm. We can really break it down if you want to, but if you're not ready to have that conversation, I can't do anything for you. I think I always look for people that are willing to evolve and willing to expand. And that's how I can tell whether or not um, this is somebody that I want to be in conversation with. For instance, say that they're they have even bigoted standpoints and they're ignorant, but they're willing to change and they know that they don't know. Mm. You know? that's yeah. some, there's an openness there versus somebody like, this is just how I feel.
1: And that's how I've always felt. Yes. Cause that's what I believe.
0: Right. Or there's kind of like a pretending that I actually know when it's like, that's right. No, you don't. bro. You, br- don't. Br-
1: you br- want me to be honest? I struggle with that a lot in the immigration movement mm-hmm. because I never know if people are anti-black or are dismissing black immigrants simply because they don't, they never had to think about it. Um, or because they never had to think about it and they never bothered needing to right right. or when it's the the evidence is presented in front of them um they didn't tap in they didn't say, hey, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, need to know more about this just for the sake of my own growth, right? Right, right? But also to you know, take care of my community and take care of people around me. Um, let me learn about what this means. Let me be a good human being and give a damn about the experiences outside yeah, of my own. Exactly, right? and I think I struggle with that a lot because on one hand, I work with undocumented immigrants every single day, and I know the struggle that they face, and I know how hard it is to just be on, like, always, like, you know, on this on this struggle to survive and, and have access to resources and, you know, all that entails. Right. And at the same time saying, well, you should also keep this in mind. You should also not be calling, you know, not not basically be so um, caught up in your own that mm-hmm. you never bothered to look outside of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I sh- I till this day, I can definitely admit that I struggle with how to hold people accountable in that.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean I think it's I think for me it has been a a learning process to 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 learn. And 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 I'll be quite honest that there has been times where I have been called out um and called in mm-hmm. by black immigrants, by undocumented black folks, and mm-hmm. say, Hey bro, what you just said is not it's not true or is not real. Right. Let me explain. And and like I do my absolute best to be like, okay, let let me learn. Let me try to do this. And I think for me, uh, the experience uh, that I'm currently living as an undocumented, like, brown, queer man, I, I feel like it allows mm-hmm. a lot more space for other things to to really come in, for learning to really take shape. And I think for me, part of, of why I'm putting, I think, so much effort into this podcast itself is so that I can learn, right? My job in this situation is not to to jump in and be like, yo, 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 I want to know this. Like, I'm literally just watching you two having this conversation and learning. And yeah. I think it was so beautiful, Nanjeli, to see uh, you go to Jamaica and let all of us know that you were going to go. And, and she, she straight up said, I'm not <laughs> going to put any stories. But this story was so important and so prevalent that you had to put yeah. it
1: because, it, 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 you know, when something shifts inside, you. like it, it shook something inside me that I'm like, oh, crap, I need to learn what this is about. Right. You know, because I feel like a lot of us like navigate the world. We're like, OK, I, I know a lot about this topic. Right. Mm-hmm. I've done enough studying. I, I've read the articles. I've, you know, um. but there's always something to learn. And I feel like Jamaica definitely did that for me. Yeah. I Absolutely. thought I had my blackness figured out. It, you can't. Right, no. you, you go, and that go, goes you, back you, to unless you black go folk. everywhere right. in the world,
3: right?
2: Mm-hmm. Go everywhere, and you will see how it the the, the the dynamic, even if the nuance, the shift is just small. There's a shift; it's a bit yeah. different. So again, like you went to Jamaica and they called you a white woman. If you <laughs> would have went, <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you go to Nigeria, they're gonna look at you and be like, hmm, "Oyimbo." she's pretty oyimbo you know like oyimbo is um like white woman or foreigner you know outsider but not like with a negative Mm -hmm. tone but like outsider
1: like a matter of fact
2: yeah like you're different and it's not even supposed necessarily to be an insult um But, you know, and then you come to America, you go to the DR, and then if you're identified as, you you kind of begrudgingly identify as black, Um. you know, (laughs) Um, and it's like, I'm black. You know, and I'm not trying to assert that on the DR, right? But that we understand, that, like culturally, because of anti-blackness, I don't want to be this thing that's associated with poverty right. and all kind of other stuff, and so begrudgingly identify as black because that's how the world identifies you. And you know, there's this like ongoing joke that like um, folks from the DR just refuse to
1: identify as black. Oh, girl, that <laughs> like, conversation—that uh, was a whole other- that conversation just right. came so. up this week, and yeah. I, I, I lost it. Right. Um, I think it's definitely because it, it hits it hits home. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah,
2: yeah. And then you come to the states, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're black, without it, a yes. doubt,
1: without a shadow of a mm-hmm. doubt, without a
2: question, without a anything. I see your skin. I look at your hair texture. But mm-hmm. also, we have to understand that, like, also that as liberated as it can feel for people, where it's like, yes, they acknowledge my blackness. Some of that is informed by like a really traumatized mm-hmm. history yes. in this country yes. around like this one drop rule of like oh I seen that little kink in your mm-hmm. hair that, that's a nigra. right that's it mm-hmm. you know and like and and it's linked to that and we can't you know yes and definitely somebody and I don't want to uh, run too long if I could just say this Please. point somebody <laughs> long winded y'all bear right, with me right, you good. um somebody asked me um on a actually a conversation a podcast that i was having a conversation about kind of how race and 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 joy are attached like mm. do these racial constructs that you know colonialism has created us using them and and affirming them does that take away from our joy does identity take away from our joy i think identity can be very liberating in Mm -hmm. that like what am I in this world? Mm
0: -hmm. But like
2: essentially she was um, saying that um, what sense does it make really for us to call ourselves black knowing that that was created by somebody else and that that was for the sake of some type of greed or strange profit. Mm -hmm. Like really Mm -hmm. when you think about how race was created I'm going to call that person black, brown, yellow, red, white. All of it had to do with money originally, you know, or resources. Um, She said, does it make sense for us to identify? And I said, in order for us to change the system that currently exists, we have to acknowledge and often use the terms that this system uses for identification to be able to challenge.
0: This is amazing. Like this is an incredible conversation and I'm a learning a lot.
3: <laughs>
0: uh B, I'm thinking about the characters that that need to be named. Yeah. Um and so I want to bring them
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh to to the table. Um in in and woke black folk you you bring four specific characters to yeah. life. Yeah. Um and uh, I think for the sake of of the conversation um if you could name them and bring them up and identify who they are for the audience, uh, to sort of see and, and find out who who they be.
2: Yes. So Ra, Amun, Xavier, Ezekiel, Maat, Shabaz, El Hotep. <laughs> he has a long name. Um, he is uh, an Afrocentric black nationalist with patriarchal proclivities, Mm. I would say, (laughs) patriarchal leanings. Now, of course, Ra is very pro-black, and he believes that, that Black people's liberation is contingent upon us tapping back (laughs) into our African ancestry, which unfortunately he leans a lot of his attention into like Egyptian ancestry. Yeah, (laughs) Even though you are likely the descendant of West and Central Africans. But that's a whole nother story. Right, right. Um, Ra is um, in his mind very pro-black, highly patriarchal, clearly queer antagonistic. Um, but he believes that the nuclear family structure will indeed um, save the black community and that white supremacy is an attack and, and feminism is an attack <laughs> on the family structure and that these white women and queer um white people have infiltrated the minds
1: of black and brown That's people yep. with that european white western foolishness hello and i've definitely read some instagram comments that are <laughs> that are it's a, it's a whole contingent of people right and
0: then they bring out and, and it's then, in the brown community too and then rob brings out the sage yes and it's just like and this the is green pure. juice
2: mm-hmm. and yes. he drinks it and he says uh-huh. see me my body is clean right you y'all which is <laughs> cheese and you, your swine and oh your God. eggs and yes. your corn and your gmos and uh-huh. that's why you're doing all this european gay foolishness yeah because your 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 body ain't clean right and it's like Come again, right? Listen, <laughs> like, Ra, do like... you know like the history of actually the way in which sexuality was engaged in different mm. pre-colonial African civilizations uh-huh. prior to the introduction of whiteness? Like, but these often t- like Raw doesn't deal with like historical fact. He deals with feeling and like what he thinks sounds good. Um, what makes him feel good too? What yeah. makes him yeah. feel good. Safe right. and, and safe? What makes him f- and what what and allocates supported. to him supported? And what allocates to him the greatest amount of power? You know, because to oh. replace mm. white patriarchy with black patriarchy is a silly is a silly you know thing to move toward, but plenty of people do that, mm-hmm. right? And the second character is a academic a radical black feminist academic who obviously thinks Ra is very silly. You know, she's mm-hmm. igno- she is acknowledging the importance of engaging um, the a discussion about the ways in which there are particular black communities um, that are not uplifted, seen, heard, respected, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. felt, protected, um, whether that be black women, black girls, God forbid, in this conversation about Kelly, you know. Um, um, mm. Black queer people, trans people, you know. And so, like, in the ways in which, like, the first character would be, like, Nah, that ain't us. Like, that's some white people shit. She obviously is looking at this from a different space, saying that you are erasing these people because they make you uncomfortable, you don't understand it, and you're advocating for a system that still makes it so that you're critiquing white male power, So that you can have access to the amount of power and influence that white males have under
3: patriarchy.
2: It is not that you actually want to create a just system; you just want the same access that white straight Mm. males do, and so and that everybody else can just fall beneath the wayside, you know. And so she's she's not with that, but she's also and so while she's advocating for the most often often some of the most marginal amidst us. She's also very sometimes pompous and elitist in the Mm. way that she engages. Because she knows. Because she knows that she knows and she knows that she's read all the books and she knows that she studied everything and she knows that, you know, she knows the big words. And those are weapons. Those It's weaponry.
0: Right, so come at her and she will break you down. Yeah
2: like she's she studied and we know her we know her
0: Mm -hmm. and before yes i know a few of her (laughs) you you can't even get
2: in a word because they're just like first of all the ontological um, systemic epistemology of the you know (laughs) 13th century literature if we're literally dealing with the you know epistemological Mm -hmm. complexities of the ontological frameworks and so I'm being silly, but you right. understand that there's like it. a weaponizing of mm-hmm. ac- academic language. And so she is advocating for this kind of revolutionary transformation, not acknowledging that she's talking over and speaking above the same people that she's claiming to be mm. advocating for.
0: So there's, there's actually a little bit of a there's a subtlety to that. Yeah. Right. But it can be extremely potent if yes. it's not caught. That's Right. Right.
2: that's right it, it's subtle but it can be potent if it's like wait like let me not assume an elitist posture right. because of what I've had access to mm-hmm. it, there's a difference between like teaching and talking at
3: mm. yes
2: you know yes. and so there's that the third character is the activist that's always at every
1: protest <laughs> every meeting me. The Low key, when mean. I saw that, I was like, shit, that was me in college. Yeah, right. that's a lot of us in college because yeah. the energy is like, fuck
2: that. The system's yeah. about to right. die. Yeah. The system, system going to die and I'm going to kill it. Right. You mean. know, yes, that's yeah. many of us in college. Every protest, every meeting, this person is in every organization and they feel like if you ain't down with the movement if you ain't down if you are not at the meetings at the protest at the marches and rallies you ain't with the shit mm-hmm. like you're a coon you're a tom you are not really with it you know you just whatever and so that person while they are very much by any means necessary mm-hmm. um they sometimes they don't understand that there are other ways to challenge a system other than just being at every protest Mm -hmm. and every rally. And so that person can be a bit judgmental, if you will. And lastly, the last character is just kind of like, "Mm, well, you know, it is because we keep turning our attention. (laughs) Right. racism Uh Uh that we are you know we're actually we're facilitating it because our energies are not in the right place Mm. you know you bring about what you think about and if we think more positively you know stop blaming the system then and just work hard then we can it's just to pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality right Mm. right? with a combination
0: of let me read your chakras type stuff that yeah the (laughs) self-help
2: guru that's just like bad Uh bad things are happening Uh because your energies are in a bad place and it's just like what right you know tell me if tamir's rice energy was in a bad place Mm. you know what i mean yes and this is what i really engage in the play like i go there i take every single character to
1: task you know so woke black folk right Mm -hmm. so let's tap into we tapped into the folk right we tapped into the black Mm -hmm. so what is woke what is woke enough Mm. For you, (laughs) that's a funny question. I know. Um,
0: Well, because I'd imagine that the whole play is around this premise. What does
1: woke mean, right? What does it look like?
2: Woke is supposed to mean aware, but there are many things to be aware of.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, my personal definition, um, of wokeness or awareness, I think, and I've never even really kind of broke this down for myself, but like. Is a willingness beyond a sh- beyond a shadow of a doubt to seek l- to seek logic while also being compassionate. It's it really wokeness for me exists at the lot at the intersection of logic and compassion. Mm-hmm. Is that you are looking for? Like, does this actually make sense? Can I back this up? Is this Is this me making something up because it feels more comfortable, or is this what I know to be true? Like wokeness is being able to distinguish between what I know to be true because there is empirical data that will show us over time that this is a piece of knowledge that is not challengeable versus what I feel versus what I believe, a belief, what I've been told, and a lot, you know we conflate those things. I think that awareness is being able to distinguish. And that's really what logic is, is like rationale, but also sometimes people are very rational to the point where they can be almost kind of like vicious in the way that they engage people that they think are not logical or not rational. Mm -hmm. So they lack compassion for people that don't understand the world the way that they understand the world.
0: Look. I have to, So that, that, I, I, that's been me. Yeah, many times. Yeah. many. And times I think as, as, as an hard. undocumented person who has a very, very clear mm-hmm. uh, judgment bait that, that has been sort of placed onto yes. our bodies, yes. our livelihood, our safety, we, we, we sort of like hunker down into this idea that like, no, if you're not down with me, then the fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's
2: like a necessary rage and a position to take. Oftentimes for just like sustenance, I need to be here and I need to be firm about who I am and what I believe. And I I honestly, when I say that compassion, I really am not necessarily saying to allocate that to people in positions of power that choose to remain ignorant, Mm. to facilitate those positions of power so that they can remain Mm -hmm. in positions of privilege. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually really talking about people in your community that, you know, don't know. Right, mm. right.
0: And well, that, that's that, important. That's exactly a that's, that's very
1: important distinction. Yeah, You know right. what I'm saying?
0: That's absolutely right because that actually leads to sort of the second piece that I was thinking about is that in the, so many times that I have been that person that has excluded. Yes. Purposely other people to really try to come in, it's because I'm like, I don't have time for you. That's and, right. And I was just trying to do so much of myself. But when I really started to think about it, it's like, yo, these people are really trying to love me. They're really trying to understand. Mm
3: -hmm. They want to
0: get to know the situation, me, my story better beyond just the facts that I'm undocumented and I came here in 1996 and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But the trajectory of the person. Um, And in so doing, this idea of compassion, Lola, first I had to learn it for myself. Um. Yes. How to even apply compassion to this body this trauma this story and then say you know what let's lift you up higher yeah free yourself a little bit more yeah play a little bit more cry a little bit less and and connect with other people be like beyond yes what you think you are
2: yes i want to say that I love that you said compassion for yourself. I want to say that I don't believe that compassion is like a hot topic right now mm. because mm. Um, we are living in such a moment of deep like institutional devastation. Like the the idea of like having compassion for people that are having like political standpoints that are literally um challenging the livelihoods yeah. of people in this nation. I think and I'm I'm glad that this distinction was made because this is really the difference. I am advocating for people to really try to attempt to understand each other if you're in the same community and you know that that person has your best interest at heart, mm-hmm. rather than shutting down emotionally because it's difficult. But also I am aware that this is labor. And in this moment where we're aware that like extending the emotional labor to constantly be teaching people in your community um, about, you know, who you are, what you are, why you are, the way you are, if they don't get it, it's like that can be a great deal of labor. So I'm not asking people to or advocating for people to extend labor that is not theirs to take on, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Really, if anything, I'm, essentially advocating for people to have a willingness to distinguish between the malicious and the curious. Mm. And it's different, but we don't make those distinctions enough. Mm -hmm. You know, information is that which is shared and it is labor to share information, but what we can do is we can allocate allies to do that work. I don't spend my time explaining to white people what white supremacy is. I don't do that. right? You know who does? One of my, you know, um, peers, allies, friends who is white, who is a person who happens to be white that gets the system. I'm like, um, Kate, Katie, talk to that come person. Come on, Katie, let's do Katie, this. Katie, come on and talk to that Get person. Get your talking points <laughs> talk out, Tyler. baby
0: girl. Get you your know, points.
1: Lola. Yes. What, since, since you've released your baby, right, this play, um, that Anesta met as an infant, Mm -hmm. a baby baby what has been the response that you have received you know
2: it's it it could it's enough to make me emotional because (sighs) it has been like um it's been transformative for me to see the people that i that literally i wrote the characters based off of sit in the audience to watch me perform it and then you know, at the end of the play, they know who they are. They know which character they are, mm. and to see, and for me to watch them melt in front of me, and to and and, and watch them observe the way that they can even behave. We can't see ourselves sometimes, mm. you know, the way that we behave, and so I use theater um, to reflect us back onto the stage, you know, film on the screen, but for theater on the stage, so that we can see ourselves. I really genuinely believe the only way to change the systems that are harmful and that are violent is for us with good intentions, um, that really, and so I know that that can be kind of minimal, but what I mean by good intentions, meaning that we really want a just world where people can be. You know, and that they don't have to be unnecessarily vulnerable because of their identity. That Those of us with good intentions need to be willing to communicate with each other. So people, to answer your question, people have received the work so warmly um, because it's looking inward. Mm, yes. And I just don't believe. My I don't know this, but what I believe is that I don't believe that we will be able to have the power to combat this monster of a colonial white supremacist patriarchy, um, that also is essentially imperialist and if you will, um, that we won't have the power to do that if we can't turn the lens inward and say, How can we do this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. because if we're waiting for the wokest person to be the one to do it, everybody has a different idea of what that mm. is. Who, who is it gonna, because like, for everybody is gonna be problematic in their own way. If we don't, if I mean, if we continue to exclude every single body who has said something at mm. one point that is perceived of as problematic, I promise you there's gonna be w- two people left at the end yep. and then that one person is gonna hear the second person say something that's not that is not right it's problematic and there's gonna be one person left
1: and they're not gonna be able to do it by themselves yes yes wow this was incredible incredible wow yeah. you know what lola thank you so much yeah. dan you have blessed us this podcast the listeners today mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, hold on, baby. I have to say this. You I have, what? To say say. I have To say something. Say baby girl, because it's like I'm, because when she said, you know, when you said this whole piece about inward reflection and looking at it, and then seeing, you know, that rock could potentially have been in the audience. Yeah, seeing raw melt away. It yes. is in the melting where the beauty is actually. That's happening, right. Yeah. Right, and then. Connecting it to what you said at the very beginning of of you being a four, uh, you know in fourth grade and then having this interaction with this other little girl who just happened to look at your nose and saying something is yeah. is different yeah right That's and right. that begins sort of this journey as an observer yes uh, of uh, continuing to observe the world but now you're more than just an observer you're an observer and then you're becoming a mirror mm. right no. by which wow. now f- people are able to see what you have observed over the last couple of years. So I just wanted to say thank you.
2: I'm, I'm grateful for you really yeah. hearing me. And I can tell that you both really hear me. And sometimes it's hard to talk about it because it's not like this shit ain't cute to mm-hmm. talk about, yeah. but it's just like who's going to do the hard work? Yeah. Us. Yeah.
1: I'm blown away. Like, I'm, wow. You know what?
0: A little bit on the high, aren't you? Yeah, and
1: you know <laughs> just, what? You know what? Did you see it? Yeah. Like, I'm just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because it, 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 that's exactly what I, I felt. And, and again, another commendation just you know, for you, Lola, is that this is what I felt as a student of, mm. of yours, to be in the classroom and just being in awe of a person who was able to really translate all of these different things and then give us the tools to say, that is what I've been feeling. Mm. Thank you. Uh, and so oh, in man. this moment, to, to, to get that is, is yet another reminder of why I said many years ago that I wanted to stay and be somewhere around the periphery of your life. Listen, so here we are. Here we are. Here we are. here we
2: are. And we both doing our work. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so You've proud of you. You've done amazing work. And you know I've been paying attention. I'd be like, ooh.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> Look at that. Look, Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. doing so, it?
0: So we are so excited. Big Danjeli cold. and I um, bought our tickets.
1: Oops. We're ready. Bloop. We're ready
0: we bought our tickets to your show. Can you yes. please tell us where we can find the show?
1: You know
2: the show is going to be happening on August ninth at eight p m put on my like advertisement voice. It. it's mm-hmm. august ninth eight p m at the Skirball Cultural Center in l a and so everybody come out like this is this is a different type of theater you know, and uh, i'm I don't have to sit up here and toot my own horn, but like mm. folks really you know, they they said that that shit moved them, and I want everybody to feel moved so that we can, like, it's it's more than just a play; it's a conversation afterward. Like, it really is. It's 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 doing the work, but it's doing the work in the most kind of fun and hilarious way you could think. Um And, and so,
0: and she made it to the skirball, y'all. Like, she is in that space, baby. Skirball like, is kind of popping. You know what I'm saying? Like, she made it to that space so I'm excited Danjeli and I just got our tickets just last night so if when you hear this episode make sure you jump online buy those tickets reserve your spot sit next to us and say yo listen to the podcast and just witness this beauty so we can be in conversation y'all so excited to find the tickets
2: Uh like (laughs) to find in order to find the tickets (laughs) Uh google skirball intersection because that's the name of the show the intersection so it'll pop up or you know you can ball and my name either way it'll pop right up or you can go to my instagram and click the link in my bio and my instagram is should i say that now yeah. yes f as in family u n as in nancy
1: m as in mom i underscore lola and we will also add it to the bio yeah, we will this. definitely Yeah, to, well, to the description of this episode yes. as well as the link to better tickets
0: Lola we want to thank you very very much for coming
2: I'm so glad I'm so, so glad to have had this amazing conversation with y'all thank you for having
0: me y'all as we're writing uh, as we're wrapping up also Danjeli just came up and just blessed all of y'all with some an incredible incredible you know. so tell us baby what's that? what's you know. good
1: so Undocumented Black Boy uh-huh. is at last yes, yes. finally uh, on film, and you can find it on YouTube and on my Instagram. Um, this is one of my most special poems. Yes, um, so, yes, yeah, f- check it out, y'all. YouTube and Instagram, you all know the handle. We'll also add it to the description. And we have a few things coming up, Ernesto.
0: Yes, baby. So, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, a showcase on July 24th, that is a Wednesday. Uh, Mi Primo El Marica with my good sis uh, Sebastián from Café Con Chisme. we are going to be doing a storytelling event of us retelling our memorias of our joteria and how we came to be this queer body that we are today and we're going to take y'all back to childhood youth and adulthood and how we actually came to these bodies. So come and check us out. They, the event is actually sold out, but you may be able to find some space in the waitlist.
1: So, the next day at the same spot, which is Molcajete Dominguero. Yes. Molcajete Dominguero. Yes, yes. Right? Um, the next day, Thursday, July 25th, I will be um, having a live poetry night uh, along with Jojo, and you guys might Um, remember her from our Queer Love Mm -hmm. episode. Uh, JoJo from an Apologetic Street series will be blessing us with readings on the House of Long Island. And I'll also be performing some of the pieces, including Undocumented Black Boy. And our event is at 6 p.m., so come through.
0: Yeah, make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Lose Accents. And I am Undocubate.
1: And I am Afro-Dominican things. I will not spell that find it in (laughs) the description (laughs) thanks y'all have a
0: blessed day and take care Mercury Retrograde is real y'all take care
1: have a good one